Well, could be plenty more possibilities for the Chiefs with the NFL raising that salary cap much higher than previously expected. What do you think the Chiefs should prioritize this offseason? Give us your thoughts. 875-KTGR with a call or a text here on the Big Show with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. But uh, certainly a week uh, in Mizzou athletics that looks a lot different now than we what we what we thought it was going to look like at the start of the week with the athletic director change and uh, Desiree Reed-Francois choosing to uh, leave for Arizona. Here to talk with us about it, Gabe DeArmond, uh, PowerMizzou.com publisher, joining us now on the KTGR hotline on Twitter at PowerMizzou.com and uh, get your subscription to read all their stuff. Gabe, how are you? Not bad. What's up, guys? Yeah, not too much, uh, but certainly a lot this week and uh, certainly a, a different-looking week. And the news, of course... Very surprising at the time. We, I guess, we're maybe learning a little bit more about how this came about. But uh, just uh, at the start of the week, when we heard that this was happening, how did you kind of uh, start to put it together on how Desiree Reed Francois uh, is now the athletic director at Arizona? Yeah, I mean, it's the second time in I guess eight or nine years that you look at it and say Missouri's lost an athletic director to a worse job. Um, you know, it's, it's the SEC and the Big Ten are the two leagues you want to be in. And she just voluntarily left one for a place that has made national headlines for having all kinds of, uh, financial issues going on. So on the surface, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, to be honest. Um, it, it really caught me off guard. I didn't anticipate it. Um, I think anytime you're involved in, you know, high level athletics like this, they're, Egos and differences of opinion, and maybe not everybody is on the same page all the time, but, you know, it it was going pretty well at Missouri, it seemed. Um, So you would think that everybody would would kind of agree to, hey, let's, let's find a way to just keep this going, and apparently they could not do that. Yeah, and it seems that, uh, that that now Mizzou having to uh, pick up the pieces a little bit from that and try to find uh, somebody to to keep that going. But again, it, it seems that from the last uh, two and a half years, with what we've seen in the athletic department and and how it had been going for Desiree Reed Francois and everybody else, and uh, how the relationship might have been with the board of curators, we're it, still trying to figure out. You know, who's more to blame uh, based off of. Uh, the situation that Mizzou and Desiree herself are are in right now, and I guess we won't know the clear answer for a while. But it's it, it's kind of come to light a little bit, it seems, in this last. Well, week. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure we'll ever know. Uh, the truth is, I've talked to a bunch of people this week, and you can get completely differing viewpoints. Um, either she's great to work for or terrible to work for. Either it's all the curator's fault or all her fault, or you know, everybody in this has an agenda, and none of them are going to talk. Uh, nobody's going to talk publicly about this. I mean, I I asked this morning if I might be able to to speak with uh, Marcy. I believe it's Gerton. Is that correct? Yeah. Interim AD, um, and uh, she's not doing interviews. Uh, the curator certainly aren't. Don't seem to be talking. I Moon Choi is not going to talk. I don't think uh, so. I don't. I, I don't really know that there are answers uh, that we'll get now. Look, over time, things like this tend to come out, but it's it's much more of a. Well, this is kind of what people are whispering, you know. And and again, there's there are two sides to that story. 
I do think it's a little bit interesting that Arizona and Desiree are apparently asking Missouri to forgive some of the buyout. Um, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. I'm not sure what it means on the surface. There's no real reason for Missouri to do that, right? So if they do it, um, it leads you to believe, well, hey, is, is what's going on here that we don't know? And, and there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on that we don't know. But uh, I look at this as there are only two real real thoughts here. Either she was kind of encouraged to find a, a different spot, or she got to the point where the working environment, her relationship, she didn't think were – good enough long-term that she wanted to keep doing it. I, I'm not sure how you come to anything other than one of those two conclusions, you know, uh, because unless you just believe the place she went to law school was so special to her that she took a job for, again, less money, paying Missouri money to take it, and in a lesser conference. I, I mean – I guess you can believe that if you want to, but uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, Gabe, and I, I guess if Missouri, like you said, perhaps encouraged her to take that job, maybe that could explain some of what we're, we're hearing reported about the buyout situation. But my question for you is pertaining to Eli Drinkwitz and maybe where he falls in all of this, because a year ago at this time, if we talked, it probably wouldn't have been the same feeling about maybe his status with the university coming into a season where he needed to, well, he had something to prove, and, and they certainly proved it. How do you view Eli Drinkwitz in, in sort of the aftermath of all this? Because when I think of certain other programs, whether it's Kansas basketball or Alabama football with Saban, there, there's kind of at those schools the idea that the most powerful person in that athletic department is maybe not the AD but the, the preeminent coach. Is that a situation where even after a hire here you could see Drinkwitz sort of filling those shoes at Missouri based on what he just did, or is it too soon to say something like that? No, I think the most powerful people in most athletic departments is a winning football coach, unless you're, again, at Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, Carolina, Duke, UCLA, then it's a basketball coach. Um, maybe Louisville is, is the basketball coach when it's going well. But if you're winning, um, yeah, the, the football coach, is he's in charge. Um, and Eli has done some things that either have never been done here in terms of recruiting or have not been done here in a long time in terms of winning. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's absolutely the most powerful person there. I mean, the, the, you know, the AD is not going to come in and, uh, and with a charge of, Hey, get things changed in our football program. You're going to leave that alone. It's, it's going pretty well, especially now in light of, uh, today's decision, uh, on ten- or at least temporary decision on Tennessee versus the NCAA, uh, Hey, there are no rules. Go do whatever you want. So uh, the ADs, whoever's hired to replace Desiree, her charge with football is get out of the way, or his charge, I should say, with football, just get out of the way. Let them do what they're doing. They they seem to be doing it pretty well. Uh, so yeah, Eli Drinkwood's in good shape. Um, you know, I mean, people might say, well, the the next AD won't be the person that hired him. Well, the last AD wasn't the person that hired him. So right. uh, you know, if you go win games, uh, you're in good shape. And, and Drinkwood certainly did that this past season, Gabe. I, I want to ask you about one element of his team. You reported about Sam Horn undergoing the, the Tommy John surgery. Curious for your take on maybe the, the timing of that, because we know he was dealing with kind of the forearm stuff a year ago, I guess was yeah. not able to get it resolved. What does this do for his timeline for football and I guess for baseball as well and kind of how maybe he, he can make some decisions regarding 
the, 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 the two sports status that he's had to this point. I'm just kind of curious for your take. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know if this is related to the issues a year or 11 months ago, whatever that was. I mean, I think he had some sort of a, a setback early on getting ready for the baseball season. Um, as I understood it, you know, uh, there there was a path to not have the full reconstruction and still be able to play football. If he wanted to play baseball, he, he was going to need the reconstruction, I think. And so that was, that was the uh, path they chose. Um, the timeline that I was originally given was about 14 months, so I kind of framed that 12 to 15 because you never know. Uh, but it means no baseball this year, no football next year, spring football next year, maybe baseball next year, maybe. Uh, but it pretty clearly means, as far as the football program goes, they got to go out and get a, a guy who can be their backup quarterback this year. They got to find that in the spring portal. And it's also got to be a guy that can compete for the starting job in 2025 when Brady Cook's gone with. You know, Sam Horn, if he's still here and playing football uh, with Aiden Glover, who they just brought in with, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of dumb to look that far into the future on quarterbacks because who knows, there might those three guys might all transfer and you might have three new guys transfer in. That's the way it goes these days at quarterback. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about 2024 calendar year. Sam Horn's not going to play a sport for Missouri. Seems that way. Gabe Yarman at PowerMizzou.com with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, let's, let's go to hoops now. <laughs> Again, it still searching for that first conference win for Mizzou. Men's basketball and the chance is really, really dwindling now. Uh, Arkansas, of course, is a, is a team that's down also like Mizzou, but maybe not as down. Uh, and it's hard to go and win in, in Fayetteville. And, and then your only real other chance maybe after that or your best chance after that would be a home game or a couple of home games, uh, coming up afterward. One of them against Ole Miss, probably your best chance. But just with the, the state that this team is in now where it seems that once that win does come, if it does, that it's a huge weight off the shoulders. But, man, it just seems to get heavier and heavier every time. Yeah, no question. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you're talking, yeah, it's, you're, we're talking about, hey, don't look like a lot of chances left, all that. Well, if they play the game they played against Tennessee, honestly, they could beat almost anybody in this league. But their problem has been they play that way against a good team and it's not quite enough. And then when they play a bad team, they don't play that way and it ends up not being enough. So the key is take that effort out every night. You do that five more times, you're going to win at least one or two of these games. Um, but they haven't shown an ability to do that. They played to just below the level of their competition every time out. They, they, I mean, 13 straight games now, they've just done enough to lose. That's the only way to describe this season. And getting one would be, I know it sounds dumb, but it, it would be big. The difference between one and two, it doesn't matter. One and three, one and four, whatever. They've already basically locked up. They're playing on Wednesday night um, in the SEC tournament. They're likely wearing the road uniforms on Wednesday night in the SEC tournament. Even if they went out, that's probably happening. So, you know, the difference between anything and one doesn't matter. But the difference between zero and one does matter. Yeah, and it's it certainly sticks in the mind a little bit more when you can't get that one, and then going forward, uh, trying to to bounce back from it. Uh, and I mean, of course, in 
in this long losing streak, of course, it hasn't been uh, the results that they want. But what have you seen individually from some of these younger players? Because, of course, now it's all about trying to get them as much experience. And uh, that's kind of the goal, to reset everything for next year and see what, what all you've got. I'm curious what you've maybe thought of some of those younger guys that could potentially still be here in 24-25. Yeah, you know, Tamar Bates looks like a guy you can can build around now is he the number one scorer on an NCAA tournament team? I don't know that for sure, but he's he's definitely he can start for an NCAA tournament team. Jordan Butler, I've been pretty encouraged um, by some of what I've seen. I like that he's playing more, and they're letting him work through some of the foul issues. You've seen some offensive developments and defensive plays. Um, you know, I think Anthony Robinson, I think needs probably another year. Like I, I, I think if I'm in charge. You're going out and finding a starting point guard in the portal because Anthony Robinson is, is, is you're not giving up on it by any means. I don't want it to come across that way, but I'm not sure that you go into next year saying we're turning the reins over to him and feel like you're you know potentially headed where you want to head next season. And then obviously Trent Pierce. I mean, you just who knows, right? Um, he hasn't been able to be on the floor, and so don't really know what to make of him. Uh, the only other one that really would be Aiden Shaw and just kind of continues to be like one game you see a lot of things you like and then the next game you barely see anything. And and the consistency uh, it hasn't been there in the development. So be interesting to see, you know, in this, hey, everybody's a free agent every year. Like how many guys come back? Because they've got to want to come back and they've got to be wanted back, you know. So we could be looking, I think, at, at a third straight year of like, Hey, there might only be three or four guys back from last season. Gabe Yarman of PowerMizzou.com with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So, again, we'll see if the Tigers are able to uh, get that one that win uh, to make sure the zero doesn't stay in the loss column for or, or in the win column for much longer. Uh, Gabe, one more for you, uh, just quickly circling back to, to the AD conversation and who could be next. I mean, any time we... It's something in the last decade that we've seen a few more times, uh, but uh, a lot of names pop up from the former Alden tree, and and of course the last couple of hires were you know folks that weren't necessarily through that same mold. I'm curious whether you think this is uh, whether the curators, whoever is in charge of this search, will go the route that they've gone. Maybe someone that hasn't uh, been as familiar with Missouri or hasn't worked here before, or are they going to dip? maybe back into that Alden tree more, or what might be more likely. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and I don't think we know the answer to, you know, are they using a search firm and doing that route? I would expect they will because that's the way they've gone in the past. Um, we'll, we'll see, but uh, if they do, that kind of opens up, obviously, a whole different batch of, hey, what, what person might be at their job that, that maybe is looking for a move that we aren't thinking about, right? Um You've got the, and I've gotten a little feedback from a list I posted this morning. Well, there, that sure seems to be a lot of people with Missouri ties. Well, that, because that's the logical place for us to start, right? I'm, I'm not saying this yeah. is a, a final list of their candidates, but I, yeah, I'm pretty confident Laird Veach is at least going to get a look, right? I've had people bring up Mark Allnut's name. I've had people bring up Sarah Baumgartner's name, Baumgartner's name down at Texas. So, I, I mean, it's it's just a logical place to start. Nobody's trying to convince you, hey, this is, I mean, sadly, Moon Choi has not called me and uh, and given me his list of candidates. Now, if President Choi is listening, I certainly, um, I welcome you guys to give him my cell phone number and he can call and, and fill me in on that. But it 
doesn't yeah. seem very likely to me. We'll try. We'll, we'll try, Gabe, just just for you. Yeah, we'll, if, if he calls in in the next segment, you have my permission. All I, right. I prefer you don't broadcast the number no, on we'll, Yeah, we'll, we'll DM. Yeah, Let's we'll, do that off, off air. Off air, we'll, we'll yeah. take care of that. Don't I'll worry about that, right Gabe. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be just fine. Uh, Gabe, what's new at Power Mizzou? Certainly a lot now. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of going to be following this. Obviously, spring football, like, we think starts next week. We don't know that for sure, obviously, yet. We don't have a schedule, but um, we're we're breaking down all the different positions. Uh, Gerard Hamilton will have that. Drew King's still covering basketball. Um, you know, recruiting starts up next week. Sean Williams follows that. Or not starts up next week. It, it's always going on, but really kind of dead period in, in, in kicks up and we'll have some visits and stuff happening. So Sean's always following that for us. So, uh and, you know, hey, Missouri uh, starting the spring sports because, uh, I mean, it's not really spring, but I guess that's where we're at in the calendar, and, <laughs> and we'll, we'll be following that a little bit, too. Yeah, hey, feeling a little bit more like it, but uh, so, so we're uh, happy about that, and uh, we'll hope it stays that way. Hey, Gabe Yarman at PowerMizzou.com. Go uh, read his stuff uh, and become a subscriber over at PowerMizzou.com. You can find him on Twitter at PowerMizzou.com. Thanks, Gabe, for coming on, uh, giving your insight, as always. Uh, take care, and we'll talk again soon. All right, appreciate you guys.